You're listening to Manifesting Made Simple with Maddie Rose, the podcast that helps you unleash your innate ability to manifest intentionally. From spiritual boss babes to industry experts and beyond, we'll learn what it really means to manifest with ease. Hey, Maddie, good morning. Good morning. Oh my goodness. Wait, I didn't know my dad got a 10 o'clock slot. What the heck? <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. You don't like 530? <laughs> oh, you know, actually 530 was easier than six, which is weird. Yeah. See, because there's, there's, there's a sweet spot for time when you wake up, I think, right? Yes, I guess so. <laughs> there you go. We found your sweet spot. We did. So long time. Everything good? Oh yeah, everything's great. So good. good. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for putting this together. This is so awesome. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. Um, all right, so you're uh, you're in Florida. You're still in Boston. What's going on? I am in Atlanta. Nope, born and raised in Massachusetts. And then um, last year in in January, I actually um, attracted my person. My I um, wanted a life partner, and we met last January. So did long distance for six months and then moved here in August of 2020, um, prime pandemic and yeah, loving it. Atlanta is a great area. Awesome. A lot warmer than Boston. So yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, we're just gonna have a conversation. We, I don't really prep my guests. They're just like, guys, come on, <laughs> come on. We're gonna have a conversation on Friday. There's no way I was prepping at 5 30 AM. <laughs> What are you drinking? Mm. Celery juice? Yes. So if you guys can wake up and drink celery juice first thing instead of coffee. I know for me, I used to go right to the coffee machine and start making coffee. Um, but if you guys can get in the habit of drinking six, is it 16 ounces? Yeah. Of celery juice in the morning, it detoxes your liver like first thing, runs right through your system the best way. Um, it's so, so good for you. There's a lot of studies on it for like um, cancer prevention and just your liver and all that good stuff. So really, really great to get down in the morning. It's actually, it's actually good. It's good. I like the taste of it. Yeah, I do too. It almost tastes like a Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like health for sure. <laughs> good. So um, tell us a little bit about you um how you got into what you're doing I don't really know what you're doing I know that you have a bunch of stuff going on yeah so now what I do is coaching and consulting um, for the mind with really female entrepreneurs so I focus mainly on helping the female entrepreneur at every stage of her I guess entrepreneurship journey right so whether it's she's in corporate learning to prep herself to leave to be entrepreneurial whether she's wanting to, you know, easily move into that while still in corporate, whether she's um, started her journey but wants to be profitable, looking to scale, looking to leverage out of it. Essentially, my jam is just the female entrepreneur. I love uh, empowering women around money. I love putting money in women's pockets. I think that's just so much fun and um, have a really fun time connecting with them. But my journey started... Um, really in personal development when I was about 19. My dad had been a traditional entrepreneur for my whole life. So I had seen both my parents in entrepreneurship, but they were in, you know, the blood, sweat and tears kind of entrepreneurship, if you know what I mean, like super traditional, investing a lot of money into their businesses. My mom had a cleaning business since she was 18 and had just worked her ass off for a long time in that business. So I had seen her experience with that. My dad started out, well, from what I remember, his first entrepreneurship thing was construction. Um, he was first in General Electric, got let go, um, and then was forced to get into entrepreneurship. So I had seen them work hard, like work hard my whole life. Um, so I had that kind of mentality where I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, like I'm going to be working really, really hard. And then I also saw the corporate ladder when I had, you know, aunts and, and uh, really my aunt was the biggest inspiration in the corporate way. She was a paralegal, passed the bar and became a lawyer. And that was hard. And I was like, oh my gosh, like 
adulting is so hard. Like, I don't know if I want to do it at all. <laughs> like, this seems miserable. It seems like, honestly, when you're little, or at least my experience was after, you know, you leave the nest, so to speak, like you're screwed for 40 years, like have fun. And I mean, I was that was like, the worst feeling. And you're supposed to have it figured out, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Going into college, pick your major, you know, figure it out. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Most of my friends were, you know, pursuing being doctors and lawyers and nurses and teachers and um, criminal justice. And I was like, okay, that's great for you guys, but I have, I have no idea what I want to do. So I went to school for business, um, a really general major that I could really apply to anything. Didn't really learn much about business in college, graduated. And that's when it really kind of hit me like, oh gosh, I thought it would have came to me by now. And still, I have no idea what I want to do. So I um, started working with my dad. I became his assistant and um, love my dad. We've always had an amazing relationship, but the last thing I wanted to do graduating college, thinking that I was going to, you know, have it all figured out was work for my dad. But I knew that he was, um, a successful entrepreneur. I knew he was doing really well. And I knew that he was the closest person to me at that time that I could kind of shadow work under work for whatever I could do to get around him and learn what he was doing. I was game to do. So, I became his assistant. The next thing I knew, um, he, there was just this personal development stuff going on all around me. So I was working at an office with him and um, I would just hear him on sales calls. I'd hear him talking about the mind. I'd hear him talking about, you know, bettering yourself, earning more money, this thing called a paradigm um, mindset. I was like, okay, yeah, that's really cute. It can work for him. He's doing great. It can work for Bob Proctor. It can work for all these people because, you know, they're lucky or they've, you know, got it figured out or they're business savvy or they just are entrepreneur entrepreneurs and I'm not. So where I started off was really had no, I mean, I had belief in myself that I would be fine. I certainly didn't think I'd be a millionaire. Like no way. I certainly never imagined I'd be driving cars that I drive or vacationing the way I do or living the lifestyle that I am now when I first started. So that's kind of how it all came together really was just a really good combination of me being lost, not knowing what I wanted. And then my dad finding Bob Proctor at the same time that I was transitioning out of school into adulthood. And um, I remember he was like, Hey, do you want to start saying this program with me. Oh, by the way, it's, it's, um, at the time $6,800. And I was like, can you give it to me for free? And he's like, no, <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't want to, your dad charged you for it. Oh, your dad <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, I don't want to clip your wings. He said, I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, here goes my savings account. And, um, but it was good because I don't think if I paid for it, I don't think I would have I don't think I would have done it. It's amazing how that works. Eh? If you don't pay for something, you don't get the value that that's that that's within it. It's incredible. It's one of the laws, right? Totally. I mean, what's that law? Do you know about that law? Of course. Which one? Law of compensation. Yeah. Law of value. Law of, I don't know. I don't know which one it is. But there's um, a law that says that you don't get value for something unless you pay for it. Is there? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I think about it. Anything that Oh my God, I've got so many programs that like somebody gave me or I can download off the internet and never even look at it. Yeah. When, when I pay for something, it's like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get on that. Right. Anyways. So I understand why he charged you for it. He, no, I do too. He's now. a good man. He's a great man. Yeah. And then I oh. didn't do anything with it for three months. Yeah. Mm -mm. I didn't think it could work for me. So what, what did it do for you? Like, how did it put things in, in motion? Yeah, so when I first started studying it, I got to like lesson three in the program and um, I was like, screw this. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to know anymore because what you start to realize, um, many of you probably have already realized this, um, but young little Maddie had no idea that everything that happened in her life was due to her own 
thoughts and actions. I thought that things happened to you and that you could just get sick and that sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not lucky. Sometimes, you know, the economy is good and sometimes it's not. And I had been programmed up until that point to really live from the outside in based off of what was going on in my environment. And what I started to learn was that nothing happens on accident. You don't just, things just don't happen to you. You don't just get unlucky, but it's all in your control if you start to understand this stuff. And three months in, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I want it all on my shoulders. Like, can I just be plugged in again? I don't know if I want to know this. And so I shut off the program and I stopped studying. And I remember he'd text me and he'd be like, hey kiddo, how's the program going? And I'm like, really good. <laughs> I wasn't watching it. I completely shut it off. because uh, honestly, I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. But also I was realizing that everything was on me, but I didn't know what to do. And I still didn't have the belief behind that I could do anything. So just a lot for me. And then I had seen people that started the program with me. They had like in six months, they had, I mean, there's this one guy I remember in specific that really stuck in my head. You know, he didn't impress me too much. And he had become a multimillionaire by the end of it. And I was like, okay, if this guy that I started with did that, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, what if I had just stuck it out? What if I had just surrendered to the process? And so then from that point on, I really started taking it seriously and studying. And then six months from setting my goal, my first two goals were, I wanted to know why I was here. Like, what's my purpose? What am I doing on this planet? Um, and number two, I was like, okay, if this program works and I want my dream car, which at the time was a white Range Rover. So those two things stuck, stuck to them, followed the system. And in six months, like almost to the date, it was October 30th. Um, I was driving off of a Range Rover lot with my brand new car and I had had my purpose. And your purpose, say it again, because I think you said it at the beginning of the call. Well, my purpose now is really, it's evolved for sure. Um, then it was, it was getting in front of anyone and everyone that I could with this information because I thought it was so silly that it's not taught in schools. And that was really frustrated because I went through a very anxious time before this, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And now it's developed more specifically into helping the female entrepreneur um, be empowered through money and, and uh, really just get what she wants. Yeah, I want to talk about purpose for a sec, because I think that's what we're all after. We want to know why we're here. Yeah. And what I'm, I mean, I feel like I've discovered or I'm uncovering mine, but purpose is something you kind of uncover. It's, we already have it, um, but we can't uncover it until we stay, tar, start taking action. I know you're all about action. I've seen you in action all day with your phone. Um, <laughs> I think what I noticed about you, you didn't have a lot of paradigms around selling, like you were good with selling, right? And reaching out to people and letting them know what you could do for them and helping them. Um, but that's, I think, a paradigm that a lot of us do have. It's like making that call or, you know, selling something. We don't like to be sold. Tell us about that. How did, did you ever have a paradigm? Did you have to fix it, address it, improve it? Oh, yeah. So you got an affirmation for it? Yeah, I'll talk about um, purpose really quick, and then I'll talk about sales. Um, so your purpose, what I did was I wrote down a statement, and I had it, and I mean, nothing's changed. This is still my life. I still do this all the time. Um, these are just under my desk. My desk is a glass one, and it's just like, I see these all day long. Um, but I said every day, and I still remember it, I think, let's see. Um, it was, I'm so happy and grateful now that every day in every way, my purpose becomes clearer and clearer. Yeah, I think that was it. There might've been a statement after that, but that was the main one. So happy and grateful now that every day in every way, my purpose becomes clearer and clearer. I knew that I wasn't gonna figure it out. Like I, I had spent time searching online, like figure out your purpose. I had watched YouTube videos, how to figure out your purpose. None of that really worked. It just confused the heck out of me um, and sent me down spirals of, thought and getting nowhere yeah it's kind of like resistance right we go chasing it and the more you chase it the more you go looking for it the more you push it away 
Totally. It's like a cat and a mouse, really. I mean, yeah. if you just wait there with the cheese, eventually the thing will come. But if you're chasing it around, it's always going to be this, this chase game, you know? Um, so I started affirming that. And honestly, I have no idea when the day was that it came. No idea. All I remember was driving off the lot and being like, holy crap, both things. I have both things. I knew it, it like all hit me at once. Like, oh my gosh, it works. It works, you know? Um, so if you just focus on the feelings of what it means to feel like you're living a purposeful life, that was the key for me. It was to stop worrying about not having a purpose. And it was to start feeling like I was living out my purpose already and that it was being unfolded to me. So you, you're so spot on. Like it's always being revealed to you. Um, it's not something that you're going to figure out in a day. You just need to affirm that it's coming to you, that it's being unfolded to you. And then feel the feelings that you would feel had you if you had your purpose now. So some of those feelings might be clarity um, and direction, um, happiness, ease, um, drive, um, clarity. I don't know if I already said that. But you get what I'm saying? You're going to feel all those feelings when you have your purpose. So just get busy feeling those feelings now and your purpose will be unfolded to you for sure. Sales. Oh my gosh. My sales journey. Hilarious. So when I started out, I was super shy. Like no way in heck would I ever be on a call like this speaking without a script or something in front of me. <laughs> um, I was so shy. I mean, I was as a little girl, I would hide behind my dad's legs. Like I was really, really shy. I would turn tomato face red. Um, my, I would start sweating. Um, sales was not my natural way of life for sure. Um, and when we got in this information, I started loving it. I became his assistant and, um, he was like, all right, I want you to start selling this stuff. So I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds easy. Sounds great. There's a script, blah, blah, blah. Well, selling 50, 60 year olds who have been through this whole life of living and you're 20 with no life of living yet, <laughs> and to sell them, you know, a few thousand dollar program was like, what, what do I have any business selling these people? this like what what am I doing um but I knew that what I was selling was bigger than my results and I knew that I didn't have to have you know every result better than them in order to help them so as soon as I could get out of my head I say this a lot and into my heart um get out of your head and into your heart then I was able to sell people and it became pretty easy. But at first I'd be on a call and I'd have a script in front of me. And if they came up with too hard of an objection for me or too hard of a question, I would just hang up. Like I was really, really bad. Like I just hang up with the person. Um, I didn't want anyone listening to my sales calls. I was like, get out. Like my dad would, oh my God, he would come in with like a whiteboard with like a word on it. Like say this next. And I'm like, will you get out of here? click, hang up. There goes that one. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty comical. Now I look at sales as an art as, um, nothing happens unless someone is sold guys. Like if I was never sold on this, I would not be, I have no idea where I'd be. So sales is an art form. Yeah, sure. There's slimy people out there that do it a weird way, but that's not you. That's not us. It's just, you have to care about what you're selling. You have to believe in what you're selling as long as you have the belief behind it, then you just got to speak from your heart and say what you know and say what you've experienced and get them into their heart as well. And you'll sell them every single time. Yeah. But you know what? I want to really put a, a clear distinction between boiler room sales, like what you see on TV and people selling snake yeah. oil or <clears throat> a dream. Yeah. And, and then so selling something you believe in. And I'll give a quick, quick example. In my business, I was I had been doing mortgages for like 15 years with you know mediocre results. I would never call clients at renewal ever because I thought, oh gee, how convenient. They're gonna think like four and a half years later, this guy's never called me, but just by coincidence, my mortgage is coming up for renewal. And right. here he is, right? 
but then again, a shift in perspective. I understood why I should be calling. I didn't even care if I'd get the renewal. It was, I owed it to my clients to let them know, hey, your mortgage is coming up for renewal. Make sure you don't get yourself into a bad deal. What's coming up for you in the next five years? Like I shifted the perspective from what they're going to think to what I could give, right? And understood clearly that what I, that call is for their benefit, not mine. And it changed everything. And it's not in a manipulative way. Um, but I think the reason why most of us have a sales paradigm is we grew up with Larry on Three's Company selling used cars, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the movie Matilda, Danny DeVito, the sleazy car salesman. Um, like salespeople were scummy, sleazy people that sold people things they didn't need. And um, so we just, we just, okay, that's what it is. And we accepted it. And that's where our belief comes from. But man, when you shift that perspective, and you realize it's for the good of, of other people. Like, I mean, same thing. If, if, you know, if Eric hadn't sold me on thinking into results, I'd probably still be where I was at. Oh my God, what a tragedy that would be. I, you know, I don't know, maybe something else would have come along for me, but I think about how I could have remained where I was. So um, I think the important thing you said it, you, it, it's providing something that people need. Somebody's always getting sold anyway, right? Always. Yeah. And if, if you really believe in what you're doing, then you're almost doing a disservice to the person by not selling them. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah. I want to, I want to understand like your upbringing. I know your, your parents were split when you were young. Yeah. When I was two. Were you with your mom, your dad? I was with both of them. Um, so they split when I was two. I don't remember anything. Um, but I used to be with my dad every every Wednesday and every other weekend. And then I lived mostly with my mom. And so there's a lot of us, you know, concerned for our kids. Um, you know, a lot of people say, I, I hate the word broken home. It's never a broken home. A broken home is where there's static between people. Like, I think that's a broken home. Um, what would you say to these parents that are trying, they've got an eight-year-old, they've got a 14-year-old, they've got an 18-year-old, and they're worried sick about their kids for whatever reason, whether they're growing up with uh, co-parenting arrangements or whether it's because they seem to be getting in trouble or they're not, they're not able to get their kids reading the books that we're reading. What would you say? How did it happen to you? And what, would you get, what advice would you give the parents? Yeah, the first thing I would say what would be you're responsible to them, but you're not responsible for them so long as they can walk, talk, and eat by themselves. Um, I've seen a lot of parents like try to figure out everything for their kids and it actually um, clips their wings, you know? When I was in a sorority in college, I really wanted to be in a sorority. It was like 800 bucks a semester or something. And I remember texting my dad seeing if he could help me out. And um, he said, I'll never forget. He sent me this big, long message after. Like the longest message I have ever seen. And <laughs> essentially, I didn't even read it. I was like, oh my God. And essentially he was like, no, I'm not going to pay for this for you because again, I don't want to clip your wings. I want you to figure it out. If you really want this, you'll make it happen. And I did. I went and got a job in college and you know, figured it out. Um, what I see way too often is parents trying to figure out everything for their children and not letting them make their own decisions and F up for lack of a better word. Um, well, what I see in that is your dad was willing to have you be mad at him or maybe not understand it at the time or be like, what an asshole, what a cheapskate, what are this, what are that. But you come to a point where the respect and the bond is even greater, right? So, you know, what's interesting is I've always had the utmost respect for my dad. We've never argued. We've never even raised our voices at each other. And I give all the props to him because, um, you know, as a parent, you're the teacher and you're leading by example. Um, and he never raised his voice at me, not once, but I was always afraid to disappoint him. I never wanted to disappoint my parents ever, ever, ever. Um, and I think the way that they, they just, what they did so well, like looking back was, they did let me make my own decisions, even if they were like scared of me doing it or afraid that I was going to get hurt. Like they always laid out the options in front of me and let me make my own decisions. I remember one time I was in eighth, eighth grade. 
eighth grade, everyone started talking about weed. And I texted my dad. I was like, dad, what is, what is doing weed? <laughs> and he explained the whole thing to me. and was like, I used to do it. Sometimes I still do it with friends or something if we're hanging out. And he's like, you know, if you want to try it, you can. He's like, this is how much you do. Don't do this. You could do this. Don't do this. Let me know if you do it so that I can be on speed dial in case you freak out. And I didn't do it for like three years after that. Like I just, they always laid out my options. They were never afraid to tell me the truth. Um, same thing with sex, you know, well, when's a good time to do it? Well, when do you go on birth control? Well, how does it feel? Well, how do you like, how does it happen? All the things. I mean, they were just really wide open books for me. Um, you know, my dad, when I started learning about other drugs and stuff, like, um, I've never done anything other than weed and so this is so funny I love this chat I hope you guys are open-minded here <laughs> uh one time I was a sophomore in high school and um a few of my friends were doing mushrooms I was like mushrooms oh my god what is that like that's weird I'm like it comes from the ground it must be fine I don't know again asked my parents they laid out all the options for me and I I did do them um <laughs> and it was the funniest night of my entire life, but never did them again. So I've never had the feeling that I needed to do something out of, out of spite because the door was always open for me to do it. And I was always getting the honest truth anyways. So I didn't have to go figure it out by myself. Um, so honesty, 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 honesty. What I'll say about a broken home is that there is no such thing as a broken home unless you're going to use that word in your household unless you have that feeling in your body, your kids are not going to pick that up from you. I don't remember my parents ever fighting. I've never seen them fight. I always had two birthdays, two Christmases, two everything. I freaking loved it. I didn't know any, any different. It's always been amazing. My mom works with us now. So if anything's broken, it's the relationship with you and your ex, and that's what you need to mend. And that's what you need to get to a good ground standing with, because your kid's going to pick that up from you. Um, even if you say, oh, mommy and daddy are friends, even if you're not, kids are so, so in tune. They're way more in tune with their inner selves than we even are now. Um, and they feel the difference. So if you say everything's good, but it feels crappy, they're going to feel the crappy and associate crappy with, I feel good. They're going to start to disassociate feeling words with the actual feeling and feeling good is actually to them not going to feel so good. Do you understand? It's the vibe, right? You All pick up the vibe, right. but you don't pick up the words. You pick up the vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. You know what? That's the law of non-resistance. I don't know. Like, it's easier said than done. Like, I mean, you're, there, um, when you really understand it, you don't want to resist anything. But I guess the question is, as a parent, and I guess really, I don't know if you want to answer this, but how do you just be like, here's, yeah doors open, do whatever you want. You know, um, there's, cause we've been conditioned a certain way. Um, it's, it's hard to let go of certain things because you want to keep your children safe or maybe it's not, maybe it's a paradigm. Maybe there's other things that are prevent. Cause I think stuff's going to happen anyways. Right. So who's doing it right. Who's doing it wrong. Uh, what's incredible is, you know, what you just said, even just using the word broken up, like, people will be telling me um, I come from a broken home or I'm like, what, what are you talking? What's a broken home? Your home's not broken. You know, it's like the language and it's, we accept all these truths and they could be small, but it's an accumulation of all these things. So it's really question your beliefs, question, like, look at something, remind you, what do I want? And you'll see that so often what we want and the way we behave and the things that we say are like, there's, they're miles apart. Like we, we even forget what we want and we just start acting in a certain way that doesn't support what we want. Amanda, mm -hmm. you have a question or comment? I don't know if hands go up by accident. No, you press it. Maybe she's, oh. No, it was an accident. Um, no, it's, it's all about, it's all about what you're saying and what you're speaking and what beliefs you're opting into. Um, I've came to the new aha moment recently, you know, sickness and health, poverty and success, 
success and failure, or sorry, wealth, wealth and poverty, <laughs> success and failure. Um, we opt into all of those things. Um, poverty, sickness, failure, those only exist in our mind. And we opt into them. And so therefore we experience both. But if you can brainwash yourself um, through whatever means, um, chair is a good option, but there's other ways, I'm sure, um, to believe that success is your birthright and money is your birthright and health is your birthright, um, then that is what you'll experience. I hadn't been sick at all since I started studying this material, like literally not once until coronavirus. And Did when you I got, corona? Did you oh, get hell yeah. oh yeah, no. I started laughing so hard when I, got, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard because I knew exactly how it had happened. I went home for the holidays back to Massachusetts. I was home for three weeks. So good period of time. Uh, I wasn't studying. I stopped studying because you're home with the family. You know, I wasn't waking up at my normal time. I wasn't getting my studying in. I certainly wasn't prepping my mind for the day. I wasn't ahead of myself. I was just kind of moving along and enjoying the time, but also moving along. And of course I went to a wedding, my aunt's wedding, everyone had masks on, everyone was freaking out. And it only takes an idea to be planted so many times before you accept it and become it. So, you know, by the laws of nature and God, I just wasn't, I wasn't planting my new seeds every day. And by law, the weeds started to grow. So I got Corona Shimona and it was, it was a good teaching lesson for me because it, I was like, wow, no matter how studied you think you are, no matter how much you think you know, like the mind is so fragile. And if you're not guarding it on a daily basis, then a lot of the weeds are going to grow. And if you don't pluck them out soon enough, you're going to, you're going to experience them in your reality. So it was a great, a great teaching lesson um, for me. But in a family household, you know, you guys can all have the most beautiful family dynamics. Not hard. It just takes open communication. I know my mom always says to me, oh, I can't wait till you have kids. And I'm like, yeah, I can't either. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, 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 I can for sure. No, yeah, our brother-in-law, <laughs> brother just got, they're having a baby and I'm like, oh, great. I'm like birth control for me for the next five years. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> but how was I, where was I going with that? Um, it's all about just what you guys, what do you, what do you want? You know, um, and being easy with things like don't fight anything. Like just be like water, like water just goes down the river. I always say be like a duck in water. Like the duck doesn't go down the river freaking out, frolicking to find the next fish. He's just chilling riding down the river, like super easy, like just bobbing along and oh, there's a fish. And then he's like, oh, I'm hungry. And then all of a sudden he bumps into a bigger school of fish and he eats another fish. But the duck never goes hungry. He lives a beautiful, harmonious life um, and always gets what he wants. And well, that's, that's easy for you to say. I have a big mortgage. I have kids to feed. I'm COVID. I, I'm not making any money. Like, mm -hmm. how, how am I supposed to be easy? How am I supposed to relax? So good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that was brilliant. If you're living from the outside in, then yeah, it's going to be a hell of, hell of, you're going to have a hell of a time relaxing and flowing with life. Um, as soon as you start accepting what's going on out here as your reality, you're, you're toast, but you can reverse it at any time. Um, you want to live 95% in your mind, 5% in the physical. So you want to be thinking about what you want, where you're going, what you're creating. As the second we start accepting the news and coronavirus and the economy as our truth, then that's what we become. That's what we experience. That's what it's going to be. Now, you have to understand, you guys have been going a certain way and thinking a certain way for a pretty good amount of years, probably. And the longer you're thinking something, the stronger of a belief it becomes. So you have to give yourself some grace in this whole process of really uprooting all of the paradigms that don't serve you and inserting the ones that you want to have and you want to live, but make no buts about it. You can change literally everything, every single aspect of your life, but you've got to have the understanding enough to have the 
you've got to have the understanding behind having the faith behind the understanding of what we're saying here to be able to do it long enough for it to work. Because if you do it for one day, nothing changes. You have to be consistent. You have to understand how your mind works and have faith in that process in order to really stick it out long enough for things to start to shift for you. But I promise everything can. And you have to be studying long enough to get the understanding that you need for long enough to get the results that you want. Like yeah, I mean, your mind, your subconscious mind. So we have this like storage tank um, within our mind and it's always storing things that we think repetitively and it works for us, right? Like if we didn't have it, we wouldn't know how to walk, talk, eat. Like we'd have to relearn this stuff every day. We would never get anything done. So it works for our benefit. Um, but where it kind of steers us astray is for the first six years of our lives, we're not choosing what to believe in. We're just being told things and we're just accepting things blindly because we can't reject them. So I see a few babies on here, like they're so precious. A book for them, for you to get now is how to multiply your baby's intelligence. I forget who it's by, but it's called how to multiply your baby's intelligence. Not only will you learn a crap ton about yourself, but you're also going to learn a lot about your little baby. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, so your, your subconscious mind's like a fertile garden. If you think about a garden, right, and you're not constantly, you know, picking out the weeds in the physical garden and making sure the soil is perfect and making sure it's in a good place for sun and rain and you're not constantly looking for moles and holes in the garden, then if you leave it for two weeks or three weeks, like I left mine when I went to Christmas break, weeds start to grow. Like things don't just stay as they are when you leave them, things are always growing or dying. So if we're not consciously planting what we want to become, to have, to do, to be, to earn, to live, then by law, um, weeds are growing and those weeds are everything that's going on around you. So if you're not in that much of a conducive environment, um, but supporting what it is that you want, um, which is an advantage that I had, right? I always had my dad chirping in my ears about this stuff. I couldn't escape it even if I wanted to. Um, but most people don't have that environment that's super nurturing to where they want to go. And if you stop studying and putting things into your mind every day, then that's what's going in is whatever's around you. And of course it's my mortgage is expensive and this is this and oh, Corona and the politics and the world's falling apart. No. Like that, that is other people's reality, but that does not have to be yours. As long as you're planting what you want in your mind every single day, you have to be like a farmer to the, the garden. And that garden is your beliefs. Amazing. So powerful. Yeah, it really is. I, um, and they, they sound like metaphors, right, Maddie? Like the mind is like a garden or the subconscious mind is like a garden. It sounds like a metaphor, but it's like, it, that's... <clears throat> law of gender everything has a male and female the thoughts that we think are the 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 seed that impregnates the subconscious mind and we get to choose the seeds we plant but then we got to plant them and you said to be 95 percent from the subconscious mind five percent from the conscious mind that's how that's actually how we how we live our lives five percent of what we do is actually conscious 95% of everything we do in a day is 90 um, is from the subconscious mind. So there's a lot of people trying to do something consciously, but without having changed the program. So like I see Mad Madison, you're 24, right? Yeah. So 19 was five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, Madison was like, who am I to tell these adults who have been doing adulting for all these years? Um, you know, who am I to be their coach or to lead them through a program or to, to tell them these things? She didn't add 20 years to her life, which caused her to change. She just changed the paradigm. Like that's the power we have. And so often we just accept the age, the circumstances, the outside things. And it's only in the action that that changed for you, right? And the affirmation. So tell us like, how, what do you think changed really? Well, so the funniest thing is that like, I'm still totally the same person that I was then, except um, I have 
nicer things and I earn more money. I mean, we, we think, at least I used to think that when you hit a million or something, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like fireworks go off. And it's like this huge thing. It was like, I remember the day that I found out we hit it and I was like, where'd all the money go? It's like, what the hell? Um, so it's, we think that so much changes, but really, really, you're going to still be the same. You're just going to have less fears. You're going to be a little bit more open-minded, maybe a lot, and you're going to have nicer things. Um, you're going to understand a lot more. You're going to have a foundation of peace and clarity. Like the, the biggest, like the biggest underlying present I guess that I got from studying this stuff over five years was a foundation to always go back to that I could trust in and confide in like when you don't have a foundation of who you are what you are how to create your own reality oh my gosh like that's where the anxiety comes from in in our world now people don't know what they don't know people don't know how to use their minds to create like at all we're built to create we, we have the minds and the body to create what we want but we're not taught to create we're taught to suppress creation in school we're taught to fit into a system we're taught to fit into society we're not taught to express we're taught to suppress and it's the opposite of how we're designed to work and so it's no wonder why we have so much anxiety depression and dis-ease in our society because we're programmed to work one way but then we're taught to work the entire, you know, entirely the opposite way. Um, so. so if I give you a choice, I'm going to take one of two things away. You can only keep one. The, the million dollars or discovering what you've discovered about yourself, who you've become. Oh, take the million bucks, please. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. So the coolest thing is when you get, uh, you could, I mean, I could earn that. I mean, when you're, when your awareness raises, like, I mean, yeah, you could empty all my accounts right now. I'd be, I'd still feel like the richest person in the world. And I know how to make the money. I mean, I know how to earn the money and I wouldn't be worried about it either. That's the and, thing. And you embrace any struggle that you know comes with it, right? I just know it's not a struggle. It's just a thing that I'm experiencing. Like this is the word thing. The word game is so powerful. Like if you believe in struggle, then you're going to have a hell of a time struggling your way up. You know, drop the I always like to say, drop the struggle. It's, not it's about who you become. It's, uh, it's not about the goal. And, you know, we heard that early on. I think really until you start doing it, you really don't get what that means. But it's really Perfect. about the respect you gain for yourself, the awareness, the, the um, peace and tranquility that you feel in your heart because you have a level of understanding. It's, like ignorance is the root of all problems, right? And what really? we gained, I think, is understand that understanding, faith based on understanding is everything. It's priceless. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Because without it, then you know, this virus occurs. And if you don't have this foundation of thinking, then you have the thinking that things are happening to you and that you don't have control over anything. And that's a scary place to be. Um right the best thing that I've gotten from this isn't the money, isn't the cars, isn't the clothes, although those, th those things are amazing and I love them so much, but um, the, the biggest thing I've gotten from it was really just under, understanding that it doesn't matter what's going on outside of me. I always have the power to change it in my mind and I know exactly how to do that. So I don't get scared. I don't fear things. I don't worry about things because when you understand this information, it doesn't make sense to worry. Because when you're worrying, you're thinking about what you don't want. The more you're thinking about what you don't want, the more you're going to experience it. So it becomes illogical to, to worry or fear. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Amazing. What are your top books? Let me see. What do I want to give to you guys? Okay, here we go. Hopefully my dad didn't give you the same book. Um, my top one right now would be The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Fabelshin. It's a short, it's a short read, but huge, right? Yeah. It's so Very short read. 
but very profound. 10 out of 10 recommend. Hmm? It's a 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah. All right, so but I'm gonna actually see if anybody's got questions, but before we do that, where do we find you? How do we follow you? If there's any, I, ladies, I don't know if you're exclusive to women, but if somebody wants to come and feel your magic somewhere, how do we find you? <laughs> I do, I am actually, <laughs> I love my woman. <laughs> um, but that's why we have Brian, you gentlemen, Brian will, I'm just kidding. No, we have different, we have different offers that suit both genders of course um but just instagram is fine my um handle is it's maddie actually maddie actually it's maddie actually yeah it's maddie actually sorry okay i'll put it in the oh you got it okay yeah all right perfect questions? any questions for maddie I have a question, Joe. Um, Maddie, you're amazing. Uh, I just want to say that my son is on the call. He's 20 years old. He's probably going to kill me, but I just, she's got I a boyfriend. She's got a boyfriend. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what she's talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you said something about the anxiety and the stress that we're experiencing from what's going on in the world right now. I just remember something your father said on the other call. And is that what he was referencing when he says, and I can't, I'm not quoting him, but he said something about Corona doesn't live in me or Corona has no place in my life. Like I'm not Corona. Um, is that what he was talking about? Like, so, yeah, so if you believe in, if you believe in sickness and in health and you're going to experience both, but when we croak at the end of the, at the end of our life, we go into this place where there's no such thing as negativity or um, disease or sickness or poverty. Um, when we die, we leave our bodies short, but we go into a place that's perfect harmony. And that's what the Bible talks about reaching heaven on earth. You can totally reach a state of being in heaven on earth. Um, it's just choosing the positive over the negative all the time. Um, yeah, ultimate consciousness would essentially be living in heaven on earth, um, pure enlightenment, peace, joy, love, all those things. Um, but yeah, you don't need to believe in Corona. If you believe in it and you fear it, then what's going to happen is when you're afraid of something, you actually are attuning yourself to that thing. So think about like, um, I don't know, like stringing a guitar or something and you want to just play a perfect beat. Um, it's kind of like when you're worrying about it, just think of it like the, the guitar is being tuned to exactly what you're worrying about. Like you're elevating yourself to the exact frequency that you need to be on in order to attract the very thing that you do not want. Um, I always picture whether you believe in God or whatever you believe in universe doesn't matter as long as you believe in something, a source above us. Um, I picture like this really cute Buddha, like this chunky Buddha above me. That's always like, tell me what you want and I'm here to give it to you. Um, right. Asking it is given. So when I'm thinking about things that I don't want, I know that God or universe does not understand that I want it or don't want it. It just understands that I'm thinking it. And my thoughts that I think are questions for more of that thing. In other words, if you're thinking about the virus all day long, you're essentially asking, can I have it? 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 If you're thinking about the debt coming in, you're essentially saying, can I have more of it? 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 If you're thinking about health, wealth, prosperity, you're saying, can I have that? Can I have that? Can I have that? Every thought that you think is a question for more of that thought. So that's why it's not the, the positive thoughts that you think all day long manifest or the negative thoughts that you think all day long manifest. It's, it's thoughts become things. As in say, whether you're worrying or whether you're enjoying, it just says thoughts. So stop watching the news, turn off the radio, stop checking in on the numbers of Corona Shmona. It's totally irrelevant to your life, unless you're in the news or whatever.
but even then like figure out some way to disassociate yourself with that being your reality and it's not like we become ignorant like oh i don't get corona shmona i'm rich all the time we're not ignorant that other people are experiencing these harsh realities but at the same time we're aware that all realities are available to all of us at all times and that we always get to choose what we're opting into so yeah it's a choice Uh, absolutely. I think I, I also, thank you. You embrace the fact that there's both, that there's the good and there's the bad. Like there has to be evil in order for there to be good. There has to be sorrow and tragedy for there to be good and uh, happiness. And when you accept it, like that's part of the letting go and living in ease, right? Your dad showed the, the frequency thing. I don't know if you saw it when I put it up before, man. You want to talk about this a bit, but what what he said, Rebecca, was that it cannot live in him because he's never vibrating, but less than uh, I think he said a one seventy five or a one fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So frequencies set up the the attraction mode that you're in. So depending on how you're feeling dictates the frequency or vibration you're on, right? So if you're feeling shame or guilt or grief then what's happening is you're vibrating at a level that's going to put you on a very low frequency. Everything exists on frequencies. It's kind of like this world that we just can't see with our eyes, but it's always there. And there's different gifts and different prizes on each frequency. So if you want a lot of money, well, a lot of money doesn't hang out down near guilt. So if you're feeling guilt and you're asking for a lot of money, you're actually going to get the opposite of what you're asking for. Every time we're asking for something, there's two sides of the equation. There's the lack of it and the uh, presence of it. And if you're feeling bad when you're asking for something that you say that you want, you're not asking for it. You're, you're focusing on the lack of it. And that's where your desire is stemming from. So you're going to keep experiencing more of the lack of it. So what you want to do is get yourself to feeling really great about what it is that you're asking for. Because when you're feeling great about it, the feeling is just another word that we use to describe the vibration that we're in. So if I say, you know, how do you feel right now? And you say, I feel peace. I feel at peace or I feel, I feel good. I feel okay. I feel at peace. You're probably somewhere around like a mid vibration. You're not too in the up or too in the down. You're just coasting. You're good. Um, It's a really great spot to be to attract things that you say that you want. As long as you feel good or okay and up from there, then you're in a really great place to focus on what you want. So, you know, when you ask, how do I forgive? He forgive for you. That's what it means. Forgiveness, forgiveness oh, is for yeah. you, not the other person. Oh my gosh. Right. Isn't that yeah. a bitch? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the big struggles like that comes up a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last thing you want to do is forgive other people for the wrongs that they've done to you. But when you understand that, you understand that every person that walks into your life, including everyone on this call, um, is a teacher or a friend. Everyone is a teacher or a friend. So those of you in relationships that are, you know, have a broken whatever, it's just teaching you something. But you've got to be open to receive. You've got to be open to learning about what that something is. Um, if you have a child and you're divorced and you're having a heck of a time making this co-parenting thing work, it's trying to teach you something about yourself. It's trying to teach you something about becoming a more wholesome person. But if you're so focused on him being an asshole or her, her not being what you want her to be, and that's what you're focusing on, then that's what you're going to keep experiencing. So you focus on, okay, I get that he's showing up this way or she's showing up this way. Like, what is it about how I feel about myself that's causing this person to do this? Like, do I have some kind of insecurity that this person is now surfacing for me? Do I have some kind of, you know, normally it stems back to an insecurity, it really does, or a lack of confidence in some area of your life that this person is shining a light on and it's burning you. (laughs) But we have to shine light on the things that aren't the way that we want them to be in order to change them. So yeah, forgiving yourself. I love that. So good, man. Yeah. Danya. Danya. Hi, Meg. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited. Same here. I'm so excited to meet you. And um, 
I've been literally following you since the day your dad mentioned you because <laughs> I see <laughs> I see you as a young entrepreneur and um, it's very inspiring. So since you do, you know, work with a lot of women and um, I also do work with a lot of women in my business um, as a leader. And I want to know, you know, based on what you've been doing so far, where do you think when it comes to um, women, especially their mentality, their mindset, um, where do you think they struggle the most? And how do you really help them with that? Like, do you have any tips? Because um, by, based on my experience, um, like growing up, I actually, you know, was living or growing up in a different country and mindset, everything is so different over there. And I always knew that there's something better for me. And that's why I came here. Um, but I still do deal with um, maybe people who come from the same sort of mindset or maybe people that I work with that um, I feel like they're not as mentally tough as they should be. So, and I feel like as women, sometimes women think that they can't be that and that mans are some, somehow powerful or more mentally tough, which is not true. So I wanna know, um, what do you like how do you work with them and what do you think they would struggle the most and how do you help them with that if you can yeah so the problem really is with both I mean the problem is universal the problem is just not understanding yourself men have it too even if they um might look on the outside like they've got it all figured out they've been programmed to have it all figured out but on the inside they might not have it all figured out they might be floundering around inside asking for help, but too afraid to ask because they're supposed to be this macho man that has it all figured out. So the roles kind of go against both genders and the problem is universal and the solution is universal. I love working with women just because I don't know, I am a woman and I just feel like women by nature are nurturers and we're, we're programmed and innately nurturers and, and caretakers and, you know, we take care of things, um, but we're also visionaries innately. We also, from day one, have been holding the vision for our family, for the farm, for everything. So I find that women have an easier time embracing the ease and the flow of life, um, whereas the men love to know everything and figure everything out, which is also a strength. Um, I just love the feminine energy a lot and helping women embrace that. A lot of women put on these masculine hats because they think that they have to be super masculine in order to win in life, because we've seen so many men that are super masculine be really successful. So we've got all these women who are divine and super feminine in their birthright, acting like super macho men to be successful. Whereas if they just really embraced um, a healthy balance of the feminine and the masculine, they could probably a lot more easier and with a lot less effort get what they want. So that's that on genders. When it comes to helping them and how to help them, uh, I don't know any other way to help people other than this information. I seriously don't. Start helping them with their mind because the mind is what controls the body, which is what controls our results, which controls everything in our life. So even if you don't have access, I don't know if you have access to the Thinking and Results program, but even if you don't, YouTube videos, get them reading books together, like start reading books on your calls talk less about the mechanics and talk more about the mind in the spiritual realm. Talk more about how to understand their subconscious. Talk more about how to get what they want. Talk more about the law of attraction. Talk more about everything that's unseen by the eyes and unheard by the ears because that's what's gonna move them the most. They already know what to do. Most of the time we already know what to do. And we just don't know why we're not doing what we already know how to do. <laughs> so if you can help them piece that gap together by understanding their mind, you'll start to see them shift in a way that you never have. Um, start setting the mind with them. Wow, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, nice to meet yeah. you. Same here, it was an amazing answer, thank you. Yeah, get in the spirit of things. We work from the highest to the lowest potential. Like you look at electricity, it is, it works from a higher to a lower potential at all times. The power plant has all the energy. It goes through 
a transformer, right? Lesser goes through wires, lesser goes to a switch. By the time it gets to the bulb, which is the physical output, this is the lowest potential. We are constantly, we've been taught to work from the physical, trying to get up to the spiritual. What Maddie was just saying is so good. Talk about, come from spirit, what you want to create, understanding, and then work from there. From the spirit, it comes down to the intellectual, and from the intellectual, it gets expressed physically, and then you get the result. We're chasing results. We're doing it the wrong way. Um, that's so good, Maddie. I love the way you explain things. Holy smokes. Thank you. I actually have to run, guys. Normally, I wake up at 6, and my accountability calls at 6.30. So oh, I didn't know. Okay. Sorry, Maddie. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. But it was such a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Nice to meet all of you guys. You can find me on Instagram. Feel free to shoot me a chat or, or whatever. If you have any questions that I didn't get to answer, I'm happy to send you a voice note. Thanks Be so well. much for coming on, Maddie. Thank, Thank you. you. This was so great. And I think maybe I have a new wake up time now. I'm not sure. Yeah, see? <laughs> Thank and maybe you we'll so have much. you on again. Yeah, Thanks again. I would love to. Bye, guys. Have awesome. a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode on Manifesting Made Simple with Maddie Rose. If today's episode rang true for you, I only ask one thing. Please screenshot, tag, and share your biggest aha moment with me on Instagram. I can't wait to hear. Until next time, hold your head, thoughts, and vibrations high.